It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And when you get it in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Rays. Well, Ulysses, there was no Rays baseball last night as the game was rained out. So they've got a doubleheader today, which I guess in the end, it it does kind of help the Rays out a little bit. You get a a nice off day, refresh the bullpen a little bit, and it just goes to show you, again, we talk about this every time there's a rain delay or postponement, uh, you're thankful that the Rays play in the trot because you don't have to deal with these types of things. Yeah, home sweet dome, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we don't have to deal with that and... Uh, whoever says that, uh, you know, oh, the catwalks or the power outages. Well, the power outages happen very rarely, and they're for 30, 40 minutes. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, you're going to get some baseball. But uh, now we're going to get uh, the double the amount today. So yep. good luck to uh, the play-by-play guys and the color commentary guys because I know that the, those days can be pretty rough uh, on them. So hopefully um, they'll be in a – uh, they'll be experiencing a good game at both times. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, it's been so interesting when the Rays have played double headers this season, you just don't know what's going to happen. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but first, um, you know, not totally Rays related, but there is a, a Rays interest here in, um, I don't know. You remember uh, former Ray Edwin Jackson right. just recently got released by the Toronto Blue Jays. He was having an atrocious season um, but it brought back a little bit of nostalgia for me of when he pitched for the Rays and the Devil Rays, actually, from 2006 to 2008, and was so good in that pennant run of helping the Rays win games down the stretch, and was one of part of a, a really young core of starting pitchers for the Rays. I mean, you had Matt Garza, James Shields, Scott Casimir, Andy Sonnenstein, all those guys won 10 games, at least 10 games including Edwin Jackson, but he goes down a little bit in Ray's lore for, for what he was able to do back in 2008. And I look back and it's like, wow, that was so long ago because Edwin Jackson is now 35 years old, just finished his 14th MLB team playing for his 14th MLB team. That's and history, right? I mean, he's the guy that's played for most teams. He yep, broke that he, record. He recently passed Octavio Dotel. For the most teams, I, I'm just hoping he gets one more different team. That way, he gets through half the teams. Uh, how crazy <laughs> is that? How, how crazy that is! That a guy who, for all intents and purposes, he's an average, below average starter, but he he eats innings, he throws hard, he's you know throws 97 or did throw 97, and how had a power slider. That was about it. Um, but his you know career peripheral numbers were never that great. Um, in fact, in all He's been pitching since he's 19 years old, now 35, and all those different teams. The most amount of innings for one team is actually with the Rays, 380 and a half innings. 
Every, and I think second is the Chicago Cubs. I mean, you could this could be a trivia question of right. name all the different teams that Edwin Jackson played. That's a good one, yeah. But it's just one of those things where it's like looking back and, oh, yeah, he did play for the Rays. It's now a, been a decade now. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of crazy uh, because I definitely remember him fonder than what his numbers indicate. I went back to 2008. He went 14-11 and 11 in 183 innings and a third. Uh, pitch he had a 442 era and then i was like okay well let me look at his era plus to see how you know he he compared to to pitchers that year and it was at 100 so Mm -hmm. basically middle of the road he he just he showed up and did his job just as uh you know not above replacement just you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) right on target and I definitely remember him as more instrumental in that run than than those numbers. But uh, good for him for having such a such a great long uh, career. I mean, he he's a World Series champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he threw a no hitter against the Rays when he was uh, with the Diamondbacks. I, I guess when you pitch, you know, fifteen, sixteen years, you're bound to to make an All Star game and win a World Series and and pitch a no hitter. And it just goes to show you that. You don't have to be a Hall of Famer or, or a multi-time All-Star to pitch a no-hitter or a perfect game. I mean, how many? I mean, it's happened against the Rays three times, and right. you know, uh, I think what Mark Burley and Dallas Braden were the others, uh, and Felix Hernandez was the well, uh, Felix third Hernandez, of course. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys who have pitched no-hitters that are like, oh wow, this guy actually pitched a no-hitter. Yeah, it's it's crazy uh, because well, I, I, I again, like I said the other day, I think if a guy has talent and and the team gives them the the time to perform and the allotted time. They're going to have a, a good season. Mm-hmm. One uh, out of all their uh, back of their their baseball card. There's going to be one year where it highlights, you know, what they could have done if they had a little bit more consistency. But no, I mean, uh, hopefully he gets picked up by another team uh, just for memory's sake for yeah. uh, melancholy. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it was it was fun seeing his numbers, and they, I definitely remember him better than what his numbers indicate. Yeah, his he's got a career four seven ERA, which for major league starters with at least three hundred starts or more is third highest in history. Yikes! But but he's made eighty million dollars in his entire <laughs> career. So parents, kids. <laughs> become a below average major league starter work some longevity and you can make millions upon millions upon well, millions of dollars that's that's but i think that speaks to who he is though he mm-hmm. perseveres uh he apparently has a great training regimen because if you're able to put up those numbers and get contracts it means you're staying healthy mm-hmm. uh so good for him for for just having a durable body and and keep it and keeping it going, um, and, well, you and, know, yeah. And the other thing is, he was known as just a terrific clubhouse guy. Because right. that's the thing you wonder: okay, you play for so many different teams. Does that mean that he's got talent, and all these teams are taking flyers on him, or and, and teams do that? And he gets there and they find out, oh, he doesn't really gel in the clubhouse. What's going on here? So we'll ship him off or let him go. And, of course, his pitching numbers weren't that great in the first place. So that's why he moved right. around a lot. But he is kind of um, – it's kind of 
of legend of what he does for the clubhouse, almost like a, a Charlie Morton sense in in the the sense of everybody respects him, everybody turns to him advice, and he's just a well-liked guy that goes about his business and does things the right way. In fact, I was kind of doing some deep Googling, if you will, <laughs> and I found a, a quote from – okay, so Jackson actually had a really good last – uh, last year for yeah, the Oakland Athletics, and um, which is probably why I got another shot with the Blue Jays this year. But um, Fran Rorden, who is now the the AAA manager for the Oakland A's affiliate in Las Vegas, Vegas, he was he was coaching on the A's staff, said this of Jackson: "Quote his presence and his aura in the clubhouse are as good as it gets. He brings a lot of positive energy, a tremendous amount of experience." And he's eager to pass that knowledge along to younger players and younger pitchers. I don't think that can be overvalued. So pretty good kudos there for for Edwin Jackson. Yeah, and 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 he's been through so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, pitching for legendary teams, you know, uh, like the Cubs. It, it's I, I bet it's been a great career for him and 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 his family and I'm sure that if you would have told him that at 19 that he was going to do all of these things um, he would have been really happy about that and I hope he is happy and hopefully he that. saved a couple of shekels because he could Indeed. he could set up his family for generations and generations and he comes from a military family and army family too which you would expect or think that. Some of those values were instilled upon him that allowed him to persevere at the major league level. So, right, he was born in Germany. Yeah, unbelievable. So, yeah. Um, kind of moving on from that and tied into pitching. Hey, the Rays might need a starting pitcher, so we could give Edwin, Edwin Jackson a call. <laughs> theoretically, ideally, we'd want somebody a little bit more productive. But um, we didn't really dive too deep into this. But Tyler Glass now has endured another setback and and really it's more the doctor saying, okay, we're going to hold you off for another two weeks. We're going to delay your start back um, a little bit of time. And what that means is he's basically running running out of room, running out of rope to to return to the Rays, make a playoff push. So I said this, I think a week or two ago, I said that finding another starting pitcher wasn't going to be a a big or a top priority, but now you got to think maybe that's something the Rays have to go after now with this new news about glass now and the fact that charlie morton his innings are getting up there brennan mckay they're going to be on an innings limit there um you're happy with what yanni chirinos has done blake snell starting to turn around and then you've got the opener but it'd really be nice to have another innings eater and the rays according to mlb trade rumors have inquired about the Met Zach Wheeler who actually just hit the injured list so you could probably get him for a really cheap price if you're able to work out a deal there a guy who his numbers aren't that great this year but he's still got a good strikeout to walk ratio and let's be honest the men's defense hasn't given him any favors but he's a guy that averages about 6.2 6.3 innings per start so that's a guy you could go after maybe a Matthew Boyd somebody that you could just add to the rotation and just help you out down the stretch because you know a week or two ago it seemed like well we're gonna get glass now back we'll be okay we're gonna get glass now back well now it's one of those things where maybe not now yeah i i mean i think this is us waiting for the inevitable Mm -hmm. Uh, tyler glass now is not going to be pitching for the race this season i i don't see a scenario where he has enough time to do his rehab for the race to like 
it enough to be like, okay, let's let's uh, you know jump in here on September 10th on a playoff chase. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't see that happening. I also don't think that they, even though they're in talks, okay, with people like Zach Wheeler, maybe Matthew Boyd, but I mean Matthew Boyd's going to have so much interest from from a mm-hmm. lot of um, other teams. So I don't know if we're going to win a bidding war right now. Um, I think. So Edwin the, Jackson, it is. <laughs> I think kind of kidding I, there. I think I think that they have to uh, still prioritize that bullpen. I, I really do. I, agree. I know that Cash said uh, that it's really not, honestly not the the bullpen's fault, but the offense needs to kind of have a little bit more, give a little bit more of a gap for the bullpen to to succeed. But I mean, you don't ha- you can't expect your offense to 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 run a nearly plus ten run differential every time that you're out there. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, the this isn't to uh, keep games this, close. This is an adult slow pitch softball where you can just pack on eight or nine runs in an inning and, no. oh, yeah, we'll be able to hold that lead. I yeah, think. do that with the Orioles, but you yeah. can't do that against the Yankees and you're playing the Yankees. Especially uh, in a playoff chase, too, when it gets down to the nitty-gritty where games are going to be close and games can be won or lost with the starting pitching and with the bullpen as well. So I agree with you there that – bullpen is the top priority but you wonder if they're gonna i mean i think you got to be all in on everything you got to be all in on bats you got to be all in on relievers got to be all in on starting pitchers and then you add to they the better be listening to every kind of offer that is out there i'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that the Rays have enough uh player depth in not only triple a but double a and single a that they could make a lot of deals and still have uh, a pretty well stocked uh farm I think there are names that cannot be touched. We t- we t- we talked a- about them a little bit. You know, Vidal Brujan. I think he's absolutely uh, Ronaldo Hernandez, mm-hmm. uh, Wender Franco. I mean, there are guys that you d- just don't want to 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 go near. But we've heard Jesus Sanchez, who's going to be a really good, re- apparently a really good uh, MLB player. Um, he his name has been thrown around there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just threw Nick Solek um, on, on, in a trade. So. Uh, to to get that, uh, I think Fairbanks from the Texas Rangers. Yeah. So Nick Solak was usually uh, one guy that a lot of people were talking um, about, maybe getting that MLB mm-hmm. call up. So people will get traded, but <laughs> fret not. The really big names, the really big prospects. I don't think mm-hmm. the Rays are ready to do that because they want to see what this team, this core, can do with those pieces mm-hmm. uh, in in a couple of years, maybe even next year. Well, with the the Rule 5 draft and guys going to have to be added to the 40-man roster like a Ronaldo Hernandez or a Lucius Fox and some others, I mean, that's exactly why they gave up Nick Solak and traded a little bit of upside there for another arm that could maybe help out down the stretch is you you almost have to unload some of these prospects, not necessarily the high-end guys, but guys that are – you know, in AAA, French, and AA, uh, yeah, that are Ian Wong there. also. I mean, mm-hmm. he he's been great in AAA, and he has not gotten uh, a call up yet. And I know his brother, who's playing for the Cardinals, yeah. uh, was kind of ticked off about that last year. Uh, and like a Jake Cronenworth, even. I mean, I, I think he just yeah. took the injured list, but there's a lot of guys, and maybe even at the major league level too. The I mean, Deep Farm. You yes. can do a lot of trades, and I think they, I think they have to be in on everything, like you said. Mm-hmm. Right-handed bat, of course. Bullpen, n- number one and number two for sure, and even possibly a starting pitcher. But I do think yeah. that still to this day, the bullpen is the number one priority. 
And I think like going out now, like literally today, if you can get somebody would be ideal because we've seen what this bullpen has done as of late and it's not been pretty, especially this month of July. What about, I mean, we, we talk about prospects and guys that are untradeable and guys that you'd be willing to give up. Who would you be more willing to part ways with? Nate Lowe or Mike Brousseau? Those are two guys that, not saying they're going to be traded, but they could be part of a package. You never know. I mean, other teams see that they can produce at the major league level and still have some more upside to glean from that. I mean, you've got a guy like Nate Lowe who the power is unquestioned, and he just turned 24, while... Mike Brousseau, positional versatility, he's just, I mean, he's shown power too. He's shown everything. Um, but he's about 25 and a half, so about a year and a half older than Nate Lowe. Although Nate Lowe, I think with his size and his build, you think he would start deteriorating by the time he gets 31, 32, so on and so forth. But it's one of those questions where who would you be more willing to part ways with? If I, don't, I don't think they're, um, they're going to be uh, – First of all, I don't think they're going to be traded. But if they were, mm-hmm. I would be more willing to to give up uh, Brousseau. Okay. Um, because I think the Rays kind of told us what they thought of Nate Lowe by trading Jake Bowers. Right. I mean, I, I think we all thought that Jake Bowers was going to be you know, a cornerstone and, and first base when he first came up. He did great. He kind of, you know fell asleep for for the last two months of the season but he started off pretty hot and everybody was content with his playing in first with his glove and and his bat in the beginning uh but they traded him away uh for yandy diaz in in that in that trade with the five million dollars so i think they knew yes we can do choi for for a little bit Mm -hmm. uh choi's not bound for for this team next year for sure who knows even for for the last couple right I think Nate Lowe has always been that guy for the Rays that, no, he's going to take that that spot. Um, so I, if they were to trade one, I would say right. Michael Brousseau. And not to mention, and we can talk about Brousseau's positional versatility, but they've just got a glut of second base, middle infield, outfield types. And, you know, who knows? You, you got Wendell, Duffy, Adamas. There's so many guys out there that. Yeah, and uh, Duffy is now playing shortstop in his AAA uh, rehab. Mm-hmm. So Willie needs to uh, recognize that and get those throws to first. Maybe he uh, could be right a trade piece. Chest. Who knows? Maybe they trade Willie. I don't know. I don't, I don't think you would trade Willie with his stock being so low right now because he yeah. has. Um, I think he has a high ceiling. I think he can be. Oh, he's only twenty three. I mean, yeah. People forget this. Not to go on a diatribe here, but people forget this. The dude is only twenty three years old. Right. Some guys like Nate Lowe and Mike Brousseau don't get the call up to the majors until they're twenty four, twenty five, basically. Adamas, I think, still definitely has some more upside, and I think another off season of work will go a long ways. But we've seen flashes for sure. Yeah, he's he's made some of the boneheaded defensive mistakes and. You know, he's had some struggles at the plate, particularly versus left-handed pitchers at the trop. Yeah. But he's still got the power numbers. He went three for but four those, the other night. That, that facet um, against left-handers in the trop, that seems more like an anomaly than, than something that he needs to work uh, on. We'll, we'll see. But uh, it's just very interesting, you know, that if, all hands on deck, you know. Duffy's coming back while you're playing shortstop because right now the only uh, – player that's been covering shortstop has been Wendell. 
mm-hmm. uh, since he's been called up uh, on the shortstop side. So we'll see. We'll see the, what happens. And the thing with Adamus, I mean, he's he's undoubtedly have more power, has more power than Matt Duffy does. So that's something to be taken into account too. So um, I'll tell you what, it's going to make for a fun couple of weeks. And yeah. you just got to wonder with, you know, as you get closer to July 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st, it's it's going to be some fun, exciting times, especially on this podcast as sure. well. Coming up next, we'll preview the Rays doubleheader. That is coming up next on Locked on Rays. This episode is brought to you by Postmates. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. For a limited time, Postmates is giving Locked On listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. Download the Postmates app and use the code Locked On. Well, that's something I'm definitely going to take advantage of. And Ulysses will go ahead and move on to... Today's doubleheader, it's probably going to be about seven hours or so of baseball. Yeah. <laughs> this game, there's rain in the forecast too, so who knows? We, we might even have to push this one back a little bit. At least the Rays will get to go back to the trop and face a below 500 team in the White Sox after this. But um, I think pretty favorable pitching matchups. You've got Yanni Chirinos going against Domingo Herman, And then in game two, Charlie Morton is back on the mound. And the Yankees may actually go with – an opener strategy using Chad Green in pushing back the start of J.A. Happ. So here's an opportunity maybe to have an edge in the pitching matchups at least. If you you were a betting man, I I would think that the Rays have a really good shot for game two with Charlie Morton, and you're expecting him to go seven deep uh, and and two earned or, or less. Now, with Yanni, he's been successful at the, uh, uh, against the Yankees, against the Red Sox in big games. So uh, I'm I'm looking for him to kind of I, I well as well just keep keep them in the ballpark. I think if he if he is able to to minimize the long fly balls, the race should be fine. Uh, keep that ball low in the ground. I think that's that's mm-hmm. exactly where he makes his his bread and butter, and and, and that's what the Rays have really been unfortunate uh with the yankees is just that long ball it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's killed them especially with men on base so no leadoff walks no long fly balls and i think the race can look at this series w- w- very positively by going out three and one by the way for the rays if they're going shopping for relievers starting pitcher what have you uh, find a ground ball pitcher, please. At least one yes. of them. I, I think that's kind of critical. And yeah, Yanni Torinos um, in his last start against Baltimore. I mean, it seems like he always has it, but that fastball, the movement on that thing, it was oh. like, oh my god! How do you? How it's do unbelievable. You it's like a. It's unbelievable. Ball. Yeah. Uh, and Yanni has given. Uh, he's pitched at least six innings in his last seven starts. Uh, Domingo Herman. He actually beat the Rays on May 10th and has done well in his last two starts against the Mets and Blue Jays, but who hasn't done well against yeah. those two teams as of late? And um, Charlie Morton, I know he had to slog through his last start a little bit, and, and he wasn't feeling his best, didn't have his best start, but just the veteran presence like that shows that, yeah, even when you're not at 100%, which very few times you're you're going to be at 100% as a starting pitcher – you can still get the job done, and, and I think that's critical for the final game of this series. Being able keeping to your go back team, to him. exactly keeping your team, uh, you know, in the game. That's that's the most important thing. You might not have everything working that night, but I think Charlie Morton does 
a really good job when he doesn't have everything working. He just tries to be a little bit more efficient with his pitches. And I'll be curious to see because the Rays do get to call up a 26-man. I still don't think they've made a decision on that. They have It's going to be Pruitt, but he's now on the injured. Yeah, list. he's on the injured list. Yeah, so we'll we'll see if they go with an. I I, I would. I would think they have to go with an arm uh, to kind of bolster that bullpen. They did have one more day to freshen uh, guys up, so I think Diego Castillo could uh, could see some time today. Emilio Pagan could see some time. Kittredge, mm-hmm. those guys pitched a lot um, the, on the first night. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully you don't have to see too much of them. Hopefully the starting pitchers can get through right. seven maybe, wishful thinking there, and – um, see what happens because again we, we've talked so many times about how critical this series is and just to show you the Rays struggles against the Yankees this season all right they're five and ten overall they've got a minus 37 run differential against New York against all other teams combined plus 135 yeah it's 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 been night and day like if if you had just watched the race against the Yankees you would have said well this is this team is going nowhere. Well, I mean, and, yeah, and this is the devil the race. Yeah, exactly. It's a devil race. It's it's not it's not been great. But you know, we win today both these games, Kevin. The series is seven and ten, which is not horrible. You still have two more games. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, this this series could finish nine and ten, which would be fantastic. But right now, we just have to focus on today. And today is game three, and we need to win that one with Yanni, and then they can move on. 30 minutes later and play game four mm-hmm. and hopefully rain doesn't delay things too much because the rays have to get back to st petersburg at some point in yes. the next day or so so that'll do it for today's show remember you can find us on twitter at locked on rays you can email us or send us a voice memo to be played on air at locked on rays at gmail.com again i'm kevin weiss i'm ulysses sambrano Thanks for listening, and remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Rays. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.